Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Daryl's Daring Thoughts, Melanin Edition. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We are still celebrating Women's History Month. And another good friend of mine that I want you to celebrate um, during this time is on the line. She is actually one of the very first people I met um, um, in college that just took me in, accepted me for who I was in that moment. And um, I'm not surprised to see her where she is right now. I always knew big things would happen for her. And so I have my dear friend Shalay on the line. Shalay, hey, boo. Hey, friends. Hey, friends. Oh, my God. Hey. Hey, I'm so happy that I have you here. Uh, As I was telling you offline that, you know, I just interviewed Moshe. Uh, We all went to college together and she had great things to say about you. She said, you know, Shalay showed up to my baby shower with this big old suitcase. And she has stuff for the baby, but she had this big suitcase specifically for me. Just things for me that I was going to need. And she said, I just love her so much for that. But she she wanted to make wanted uh, me to make sure I said that to you. Oh, my gosh. I love Moshe, but that is definitely me giving people their flowers while they're here. You know what I mean? Like. I just feel like if I was a friend to you or we interacted in some space or capacity and like you said, I took you under my wing, I wanted you to know how much you meant to me. And so when she was having her first baby, why not give her her flowers at that time and great baby shower, good food. Okay. (laughs) Um, But I'm glad to see what she's doing in Mobile. I'm glad to just see all of us have left college and have excelled in our own ways. Right. So that's always a great thing. So thanks. absolutely, you know, we have we 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 spent a lot of time together. Like I remember you taking me taking me back to Tennessee with you. You know, I've I've met your father and you know ate food and you know was always with you. And I just appreciated how much you really you know genuinely cared genuinely cared about me. You know, during those times, like we didn't we weren't in the same class together or anything like that. Like you just saw me on the quad. And was like, who are you? And you know who? And you just started talking to me. And I'm like, who is this girl? First of all, it's hot as hell outside, and she is just dressed fabulous from head to toe, like full face, big heels, heels like six inch heels. I'm like, who is this woman? And you had the biggest smile on your face. I like, I, I legit still have our first picture we ever took. And, uh, yeah, so I just appreciate you because you will always be, you will forever be in my memory for that moment, um, in my life. Like, yeah. So I just had to tell you that. You cry on this podcast and we did share a lot of moments. So you better not spill some of the tea on here. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not spilling no tea about you. I won't do that. I even, I even, I even even kept you out of my second book. I said, I'm not going to do that to her. Um, I, I do reference you in the book just about, you know, how fabulous you were, but that's it. But yeah, you were, you were just, you were always a, just a dope ass person. And I just appreciate you for that. And you never change. Like you're still the same person. It's just, it's crazy. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know how it is sometimes like, you know, I think the young kids use now a vibe, like when you vibe or you click with people, Uh it, it was just when it was authentic. It was just like, I don't know if we just, you know, like born from different mothers or whatever, but it was just like that presence or that aura when I met you. 
it was just like, oh, he's good people. Yeah. And and you being good people, like this is somebody that I need in my life. Like I know this person is going to defend me. They're going to bring light into my life. They're going to help me because just like you said, that was it's the space that you were in your life. I was also going through my own things in my life, and I wanted genuine people around me that I could grow from and learn from, and we could just have a good time. Yes. Like, let's not get, you know, like, the good time. And I think that's what we did, and so I tried to keep those people in my space, and you were one of them, so thank you. Yes, yes, and we had a good time, child. We definitely had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, I, like I said, I wanted to bring you on. I wanted to, this is me basically basically giving you your flowers um, during Women's History Month. Um, and, you know, wanted to talk about your many different business ventures that you have. Like, y'all, this girl, she, yeah, she, she has a brand, okay? And, you know, I want to talk about that as well as, you know, your life um, in the military, you know, your husband, um, your family life. So I just wanted to really just, you know, shoot the shits with you since I have I have not talked to you in such a long time, even though we see each other on social media. So we definitely are up to date on what, you know, we're doing. But I definitely just wanted to have this conversation a little kiki with you. Cool. Let's get it. So, yeah, I am. I feel like I'm a small content creator on YouTube. Um, I host, I have about 393,000 subscribers, you know, just small, nothing big. But I am a content creator on YouTube. I host build your brand coaching where there are beginners that want to start their own business or they just want to need that extra push, push on how to navigate like entrepreneurship, because right now that is a big thing. So we can discuss budgeting and the resources. So I am a coach. I am now, like you, an author. Um, I did write my own build your own brand on YouTube and how you can make money and grow your channel fast because right now social media is the way to be if you're trying to make money, right? And there's so many platforms that you can use. There's so much money that you can make. So I am an author. And then, of course, I still have my clothing line on there. So it's pretty much where I go to stores and I resell. It's called like retail arbitrage. But I go to stores and I purchase items at a very low price and then resell them online. And, of course, I'm a wife. I'm in the military. I got a lot going on. I'm working like a Jamaican right now, okay? <laughs> Baby, she got a lot going on. And I'm just so happy to see <laughs> that you still incorporate fashion because fashion was a very big part of your life in my opinion while we were in college i mean fashion was definitely you know a big deal um like she child she, she going to walmart was an experience watching with her you know getting <laughs> what she have on okay so she didn't have her crown on you know she she has some on and so i'm just happy that you incorporated fashion because i'm glad you did not you know you know leave that part of you alone because i feel like that was also such a big part of you as well well, you know how it is. We went to HBCU, and in us attending the HBCU, you already know you have to come correct. You cannot be on campus looking busted and disgusted. So, <laughs> so I learned that very one, and because um, you know they would roast you. So definitely, I wanted to keep fashion because that is just who I am, and that's the way that I was raised as well. So let's talk about, you know, your upbringing and things like that. And, you know, just to give us a little backstory of who, you know, Shalee is. 
Okay, so I am a military brat. I was born in Alaska, and I traveled all over the world. So I went to four different high schools, and I ended up graduating high school in Kentucky. I had never been around, like, what I would say, like, African-American people. I'd never been around my own people. Let's keep it, you know. And at that time, the schools that I attended was predominantly white. And I was kind of like the token black girl. Like, you know, I played badminton. I was in AP classes, organizations, 4-H clubs. So when it came down to it, in me, like, just being a part of that, I didn't have that Southern upbringing. And it was just more like I didn't really know who I was in, a, I guess, the African-American sector because I was raised around predominantly white. And so that was pretty much what made me decide to go to HBCU. So that's where I was like, you know what? Hold up. I'm up here talking about I'm a Batman champ. I can bowl. I do all the things that when I go home and visit my cousins, they're like, girl, who taught you? What are you talking about? Like, we don't do that. And so at that point, I knew that there was like a big disconnect and I wanted to attend the HBCU. And that's exactly how it happened. Mm, and then you went to mm-hmm. the HBCU. I love it. So, um, I you know the funny thing is I didn't know that you were a military brat because one of my questions, what you know, what made you want to, you know, pursue um, a life in military? But I wasn't aware that you know that was a part of your life um, since you were a kid. So that's good to know. But I mean, even though it was even though it was a part of your life, I still would like to know, you know, like what made you really say it's time. I'm definitely going to do it. Um, so as far as like join the military. Yes. Okay. So I feel like military families breed military families. Like one thing about the military is, you know, that that check is going to hit like on the first and the 15th of each month. Um, it's just different. It's kind of like a cult per se. As far as like, you know, when, if you stay on a military base, everyone, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Indian, green, it's just like color doesn't matter. It's like if our parents fight the same fight, then that's all like, you know, if they can go to war together, if they serve together, it really like there's no different. And so when it came for me, I loved watching my father put on his uniform. My mother was military. I love watching them put on their uniform, that sense of community that we had staying on base. Um, being able to travel, like we didn't stay in a place no longer than two years growing up. So now I know one of the things you said that I was very personable. I think that's how it infiltrated over, like, you know, having to make friends, traveling to new places, doing these things. And I think that it gave me like a sense of the world as a child. Like, you know, I stayed in Germany. I've been to Korea. I stayed in Alaska. I stayed in California. So I wasn't just stuck in one place. And I knew that all the benefits the military had. So when I went off to college, that part of my life was gone. And I'm, you know, it was like, I missed it. It was like, what happened, you know? And so at that point, that's when I made the decision to serve. And it didn't help that at that time they was giving out $20,000 bonuses, 50,000 student loan repayment. You know, they was giving, this was like the, the wish list. Anything that you wanted at the time when I joined in 08, they were giving out everything. And so I'm a college student leaving, student loans up to the yin yang, and don't know where my next move is going to be as far as, you know, what I'm going to do career-wise. And so I was like, let me just go ahead and join the military at this point until I figure things out. Oh, wow. So how long has it, so how, how, how long have you been in the military now? 
So, yeah, it's been 13 years, but it was only supposed to be because I'm a reservist. So I go one weekend a month, two weeks um, out the year. So it was only supposed to be one six-year term. And I'm like, I'm just going to do this, you know, to get my feet planted and know exactly what I want to do to figure things out. And now we're 13 years later and I'm seven years away from retiring. Wow. So you're just going to hang out those seven more years. The money is still good. I still enjoy serving my country. I still get to travel all over the world. And yeah, I'm still loving and enjoying putting on that uniform. And now I get to talk to my parents about it. So yeah, Lord willing, I will stay doing the next seven years. Okay. Okay. That's dope. So let's get into some good stuff. Now, you have... You're, you have you're our relationship goals okay and i'm just gonna say that like like i love i love seeing black love like i just love black love like black love just does something to me it's just a beautiful thing to see and first of all you're gorgeous you know i've always told you that you're just so you're beautiful your husband is fine child your husband is handsome <laughs> And when I first saw you post him, I said, first of all, Shalay never lets me down. She always, she always got some some good arm candy now. But when I saw your husband, I said, that's it. That is it. <laughs> so when, when, when was it, how, how did that happen? How did that, you know, come about? And, you know, for you, when did you notice that this is it? This is the one. Well, I have kissed enough toes. Right, we've kissed enough frogs to know when you find someone. But I met my husband in college, and I hate to tell this story, but I'm gonna have to tell it. I met my husband in college, and at the time, we were just very good friends. You know, I ran for everything on campus, clean court, student government. So I would always go over there on the boys' side and be like, "Hey, can you guys vote for me?" And he would always be like, "I already got my boys rounded up. He was at A&M. Okay." He was at he was at A&M. He said, I already got the boys rounded up. We hit it into Hopkins Hall to vote for you or da-da-da. So I said, okay, thank you. And so, you know, we would kind of, you know, flirt with each other back and forth. And so one day he asked me on a date. I said, cool, yes. So he took me to the movie theater. We go to the movie theater. It's a great day, Cordero, right? It's going well. And then we get back, he takes me to Normal Hills to his apartment. When we get back to his apartment, his girlfriend shows up. We are in his room, chilling. It wasn't that type of party, very PG rated, just sitting there talking, laughing, joking. His girlfriend knocks on the door. His roommate lets the girlfriend in. She comes in the back. And you can already just tell what takes place, right? Oh. So here I am. So here I am. I'm looking crazy because I didn't know he had a girlfriend. He never mentioned he had a girlfriend. And luckily, she was smart enough not to try me. I grabbed my stuff. <laughs> I left. Right? <laughs> you had to throw that in there. So <laughs> I leave. And once I leave, um, we end up having like some classes together, I think like my junior year. And so he would always try to apologize for the situation. I'm like, yeah, we're good. Okay, da da da. And so then he said, well, can we go, can you go with me to Bible study? At this time, they were doing like Bible study at one of the residence halls, like they can. So I said, okay, we started going to Bible study together, still nothing there at all. 
And he would just ask me, like, you know, what do you consider yourself doing five years from now? What do you want to do at 25? So I said, at 25, I want to go to Puerto Rico. Like, I'm going to be in Puerto Rico. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to enjoy life. So we graduate. At this time, Facebook is introduced. And every now and then, he would just slide in my DMs on Facebook and say, hey, how are you doing? Just checking on you. You know, we just kind of kept in contact. Nothing like that. We were dating separate people. Never even really talked on the phone. And right before, about two weeks before my 25th birthday, he reaches out to me. He says, um, are you packing ready to go to Puerto Rico? And so at this point, I'm like, what? You know, I'm going through, I'm getting older. I'm not married. I'm just like in a funk. I'm like, what are you talking about? Am I going to, no, I'm not going to Puerto Rico. And he said, well, you remember you told me that you wanted to go to Puerto Rico for your 25th birthday. If you're willing to join me, I bought us tickets. I don't have a girlfriend and I got two separate rooms. So you don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? It's not that type of party. And I was like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah, free trip on me. Let's go. Of course, who's going to turn down a free trip? Not me. <laughs> like, wow. come on, I'm ready to get flew out. Right? <laughs> I'm ready to get flew out. So I go. Um, he tells us to meet us in Atlanta. I take one of my friends there just in case if it's, you know, because I haven't talked to him since college at this point. We go. So a, a great time in, in Atlanta. He, you know, put my friend in a hotel. We're having a good time. And then we fly to Puerto Rico. We stay in Puerto Rico for five days. All expenses are paid by him, everything. And I was like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I never consider him before? And at the end of that trip, I had so much fun with him on the, those five days, like just playing anything that I wanted. He purchased, just took me out, and um, and that's it. And so when we came back, we, my birthday was June 2nd. We came back that September. He asked me to start dating him. I said, of course. And then we started dating, and he would drive back and forth from Mobile to see me almost on every weekend when he could. And then that April of 2011, when they had the storms and the big storms in Alabama, mm -hmm. he drove up to make sure I was okay, and he proposed. Wow. And that's what happened. We got married that, that October, and we've been together ever since. Wow. Yeah. That is a so that's dope so, story. Right. That's exactly what happened. And so at that point, I mean, our first, well, after the experience with the movie theater, but our first <laughs> date was like Puerto Rico, five days, <laughs> was five days, September, we started dating. And literally like less than a year later, we were proposed and we got married October. And that's it. That's our story. That is amazing. Uh, wow. I like yeah. that. I that is dope. dope. <laughs> I love that. That's just, I'm smiling like, like it was me. Shit, that was beautiful. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> that was beautiful. Shit, that's a movie. Oh, okay. So before your, you know, your husband, you know, came into your life, um, you know, so I asked this question to Moshe as well, because sometimes, you know, people, um, men act as if they're intimidated by, you know, successful women um, or women, you know, with, you know, um, goals and, you know, things like that. Is Was that something that was that something that ever, um, that you were ever worried about or ever had someone tell you they were intimidated by you or did you ever experience that or feel that way? 
No, I never experienced where men were intimidated by me. I think that I was more, even though like I'm a smart girl and I, I like to have fun, I think I'm more relatable, more down to earth. So a lot of times people are like, yo, she's smart, but she's super chill. And so even the guy that may not even have his stuff together, he didn't mind trying to shoot his shot with me. You get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you know, that's just the way. Oh, you know, I can shoot the shot. I can, you know. And even though I still would turn them down, no, you're not my type. But I think people just still felt that, you know, I guess how chill I was, that they could still do that. It wasn't all um, professionalism with me. It was still, hey, let's chill, let's hang out. You know, you may not be my type, but that still doesn't mean that we can't have a good time. And so, and then, you know, I don't want to name drop some people, but, you know, some of the people that I had dated in college, they're very successful people now. So, you know, the people that really did try to, um, I guess, pretty much ask me out, I guess they kind of knew my worth already and they're doing well themselves. Right. I I have to admit, um, you know, uh, a lot of people in our, you know, just in our, our group of individuals that went to, um, you know, um, A&M, are doing really damn good right now for themselves. Like, you know, are doing really well. You know, they're all there, you know, in politics, they're in theater, they're in education, they're, you know, doing just, you know, in content creating, but doing really well with it. Like entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurship spirit is just thriving through the, um, the class um, at A&M. And that's just, it's just, it's dope to see. It's really dope to see. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, how you, the politics, like, you know, I dated people now that are doing well in politics and I've dated and it's great to see, but that just goes to show why HBCUs are so important because they really did teach us like black excellence. You know yes. what I mean? Like, yes. I don't think that we've been able, like a lot of us that attended HBCU, like we have this confidence about us. We have this self-awareness about us. We have lifelong friends. I mean, we just know how to navigate those waters because we knew what was expected of us. Right. And then it's like we knew how to behave and project that out to the world. So it doesn't surprise me that we're successful. Like, no, it was supposed to be that. We were supposed to be the change agent. Look at our foundation. Absolutely. So your husband, (laughs) um, he's also (laughs) in the military, right? Yes. Okay, so now I remember, you know, you um, I remember there was a, a while ago you made um, a post, but it was something about you know um, I get to see him this you know soon, like you would do like a countdown type of thing, and I'm just curious on how does that how does that work? Like how do you make that work when you you all are not in the same the same house, let alone the damn state, probably not even the same damn state, you know, at the same time, you know, for a long period of times. Like, how do you, like, how does that work? Like, how do you keep it, you know, fresh, keep the communication going, you know? Like, how does that work? I mean, I, 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 of course, it's probably because you understand it. It's work. It's definitely, it's work. I mean, you have to keep things spicy, right? So you're still getting those pictures sent to you or maybe some FaceTime because I don't want you, you know, it, you know, to share that at all if somebody steal your phone. But, yeah, you definitely have to keep it spicy. You have to keep that open line of communication. It helps because we like each other. We were friends. You know, we were friends when we started out. So now this is like the homie, the lover, the friend. 
you know, so I can laugh. I can call him. It also helps that we are growing individually. So when we grow individually, when we come back together, it's like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm into this or I'm reading this or I'm doing this. And then like, you know, as of right now, my husband is into stocks and, you know, the stock market and all these different gadgets that, that may not be my thing, but I enjoy when we have those conversations about it because this is something that he's passionate in. So it's not where, you know, my husband would care less about being in front of the camera, right? He doesn't care about content creating. He doesn't do that. But he knows that this is a big portion of my life. And I know that whatever he's into is a big portion of his life. And so when you have two people that are willing to come together and work on it and understand that, hey, you can teach me something. I can teach you something. This is like the best of both worlds. So when we're apart, you know, it makes the heart grow fonder we value the time that we get together. So, you know, so it's not time that we spent arguing or any of that. No, we know that our time is precious together. Right. What is, uh, what is the longest time you guys have been apart? A year. Oh, he was deployed and, and I was deployed. So we can, it, it's the mindset shift, right? So in the mindset shift, you have to think in one year, if your partner's going, you can still talk to them. But think about so many times people compromise themselves in relationships. Like maybe you don't go back to school or you don't apply for the job because now the job is, you know, going to make you work nights and you want to be with your, you know, with your lover. So you don't want to do this. So think of how many things sometimes you negotiate or you turn down because you are in a relationship. Right. And versus us, while he's gone for that year, there's been times that my husband has moved. Like when I was in Afghanistan, he moved to Tennessee for a whole year and took a job that paid him almost two or three times the amount um, that he was making in Alabama. And so he was able to do that. Had I been home, do you think I would have wanted him to do that? Absolutely not. But he was able to go and then, you know, he worked on the job and he was like, ah, you know, nope, I, I don't want to stay here. I'm coming back, you know, and he was able to pursue that. But just think, you know, I don't know, maybe you wanted to pursue your career just say in Los Angeles and you wanted to do your acting or New York on your Broadway. But if you have a relationship, sometimes you turn those things down. That's true. And it's not that it's a good or a bad thing, you know. But now if you're still going to have that relationship and it's like, oh, baby, go ahead and go to New York. Go do Broadway for a year. You know, oh, my gosh, how great is that that you got the support of someone, you know, and you're still pursuing what you want to do. That's true. That is absolutely true. I mean, okay, well, you put it like that. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. What um uh, before we get into uh, talking more about um some of your um um your business ventures, um I did want to ask you a question um that I do ask a lot of my um black um black female guests. What are your thoughts okay. with how the world um what has been going on in the world with you know the treatment of black women and you know it seems like we always it seems like we take so many steps forward in, you know, recognizing the importance of, you know, the black woman, you know, we we recognize them during voting season, but it seems like in all other avenues, we fail black women. So I just wanted to know what are your thoughts on that? And what do you think, what is it that you would like to see um, happen going forward? So 
I am a little bit disheartened of the treatment of African-American women. Um, we face a lot of things, of course, in just, A, you know, the ability that we have to or the obligation to support the black man. So we endure racism. Um, we definitely have to have, like, that sense of community. We are the matriarchs of our family. Like, we have to have this superwoman syndrome. Um, so I am sometimes disheartened about it. But one thing I do know about black women and, and being a black woman is that we're resilient. Mm-hmm. Like we are one of the most resilient people um, out there. And we're able, like we're multifaceted. We can do things like the fact that we can manage a household, you know, not only manage a household, have a career. And I just look at when it's not necessarily that we're taking steps back per se, I feel like we're just now, you know, just adjusting, making those necessary adjustments. And then we're coming back every single time harder than we were before. And so, like you said, like in politics with, you know, I hate to go into this, but with Stacey Abrams, like, you know, you've seen what happened a few years ago when she was running for her position. But now look at her like she could have most people would have taken that and just been like, you know what, I'm going to crawl under a rock. I'm not going to do anything. But look at how she came back how resilient she was and just the driving force in, hey, what this 2021 or 2020 election looked like. Look at how powerful she was. And I think that's what we do as black women. Like at times we grow tired, absolutely. Um, And we may stumble a little bit, but we never fall. And when we come back like that, comeback is a whole lot stronger than whatever that setback was. And so now I just, I'm, I'm proud. Like more black women are creating businesses and starting businesses than ever before mm-hmm. we have a vice president that's a black woman you know what i mean like look at now we have more actresses that are being you know put on the front lines and re- winning awards um as well as like as of right now there's a shift that's happening there's a shift that's ha- it's a slow shift don't get me wrong like it's a slow shift but we do see it where now we are building that wealth. We are helping our environment. We are, you know, just being able to navigate what the world looks like for us. And I think right now that in itself is just amazing. It really is. You know, so I, for me, I don't like to focus on um, like the negative of mm-hmm. what's happening because it's too many positive things that are happening with us. And we're kind of dominating almost every area. Like we are now in those politics and in those political offices we are bringing those seats at the table for us we are now you know navigating um the executive producers on television shows or starting our own shows or our own networks we are creating our own businesses we didn't have this years ago we didn't have this definitely not during the civil rights movement right uh, we have progressed a lot further and there's still more that we can do, and there's still a lot further that we can go. But I'm happy to see what we're starting as of right now because those generations that are coming behind us, they're going to have it made. Like, they're going to be able to see, oh, okay, like, it's not going to be, oh, you know, I see a black vice president. Oh, I can be president one day. Right. I can be this. And we know that we can hold those positions. It's never been the question on, can we do it? That's not the question. It's just giving us the opportunity to do it. Right. Hey, everyone. It's Daryl from Daryl's Daring Thoughts. couple questions for you. Do you have a Black-owned business? Do you want to be a sponsor? Well, you've come to the right place. I have a 
great podcast, Daryl's Daring Thoughts, that you can sponsor your business on. You can sponsor it for one, two, three episodes or maybe the entire season. So if you want to sponsor your brand on my show, contact me at you at gmail.com. That's Darrow, D-A-R-O, dares you at gmail.com to learn how you can be heard in multiple countries alongside a celebrity guest through my sponsoring ad package. Can't wait to hear from you. Wow. That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff there. So let's get into some of your, 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 your businesses. I definitely am extremely interested in talking to you about this because I definitely want to know what made you get into content creating and, you know, with YouTube. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying YouTube's because, you know, today's age, everyone, when you say content creating, they all automatically think you're talking about OnlyFans. And that's not what we're talking about, people. So don't Woo! even go there. I'm just saying, I have to say, I've had to say that to people. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm a content creator, you know, with, you know, my podcast and everything. They, they're like, oh, you know, send me your OnlyFans link. I say, whoa there, whoa there, I, whoa there. So I just wanted to be clear. Equal opportunity. There's equal opportunity users. I'm not judging. Hey, See, I'm not judging him. You, you know, I got one. You know, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> okay. So how did I get into creating videos on YouTube or just content creating? It, it, all of it. That's the question. Okay. Uh, at 30 years old, I was in a a sad place. And it wasn't the fact, I mean, I was married at this point for four years. I don't have any children, but I was just at a place that I felt like I was not where I wanted to be in life. I was not in that dream career. While I may have had the dream husband, I didn't have that career. We didn't have a home. Um, And I just felt like I was behind. And I don't know why I felt like this, but I felt like at 30, I didn't have any money saved up in my account. I didn't have no money put away for retirement. And at the time, we couldn't even afford a kid, let alone everybody telling us to have a child. So it was just like, girl, I don't know what to do. I don't know where I want my life to go. I don't know anything, right? And so I just felt so down and out. And I remember um, at the time, I had posted like a picture on Facebook. And when I posted that picture, I talked about me doing thrift store clothes or I was going on a date with my husband. And I said, oh, I'm wearing these thrift store clothes or something. And it garnered where it almost went at that time what was considered viral. It had like over a thousand comments, maybe like fourteen or fifteen thousand likes. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And people were like, Oh, you got this outfit from a thrift store. So in my mind I was like, I have something here. I shop at the thrift store all the time. Let me let me run this post back. So I started posting again on Facebook the same content and I reached out and started seeing different communities where they had thrifting communities. So I was like Oh, let me do this. Let me join. I joined those communities and it was like a whole new world. People were talking about posting videos on YouTube. They were talking about blogs. They were talking about all this money that they were making. And it wasn't a lot of African-American women that occupied those spaces. So I said, okay, this was 2015. I said, okay, I'm going to start a blog. So I started the blog and then to make sure I had that presence because the blog would only reach people like in Huntsville. You don't necessarily, you may not get worldwide, Mm -hmm. but in order for me to get out my state, I need to do something that's going to put me out of my state. And so at that point on my 30th birthday, I turned 30 in June 2nd. I said, 
you know what? I uploaded my first video and I said, guys, my husband took me to St. Lucia again, right? Um, and I said, guys, you know, this is my first video. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to start making videos. And it was just a way to, you know, I'm going to make thrifting videos to talk about my clothes. And that's what I did. And so I started doing that. I started to like it. People were commenting. Um, they were doing anything. And my first year, I would probably say I ended up getting right at a thousand subscribers. So at that point, it was YouTube. You got paid each month. You didn't have to have a certain amount of subscribers. I'm, you know, not OG level, but just mid level where you got paid. And so I was making maybe like a hundred dollars a month, just enough to get my nails done, maybe get me some, my eyebrows done, but not big money, right? A hundred dollars a month, but I had fun. I was having fun doing it. People now were starting to kind of recognize me if we go different places, you know? So I was like, Hmm, I'm going to stay doing this. And so I kept doing it. And then when I got deployed, I stopped for a little bit, but I stopped making videos, but I was like, you know what? Let me still start researching content. And so when I came back from deployment, I started uploading again. And then at that time, I seen that YouTube had completely changed. Nobody was into the thrifting clothes. So I pivoted. And I, at the time, I think it was like shopping videos. So I pivoted. It was like, okay. And then my shopping videos took off. It started going viral, shopping and wig videos. So I was like, you know what? Okay, let me stay here. My checks increased to like $400. So I'm like, okay, I'll write this out. And then when the pandemic hit last March, at that point, I said, okay, what am I going to do? What if my job shuts down? What if this happens? You know, I don't have, you know, what am I going to do? I got student loans. I have all this stuff. And I said, well, girl, if you barely posting, if you're making eight videos a month and you're making $400, what about if you just start posting every day? And they were talking about that we were going to get this stimulus check. So I'm like, oh, this is free money. Let me talk about it. And I started doing that and my channel took off. It took off. People wanted to know what resources was out there. So the same way I was like, how do I get this free cash? People wanted to know it. And I just started documenting on that. And then from March through June, so like two, I'll say a 90-day period, I had made over $150,000. So I was able to pay off my student loans. And I paid off my student loans, and I was able to pay off different things. And then from June to December, I grossed about a half a million dollars on YouTube. And so now, granted, you grossed a hundred, you know, half a mil. But when you think about taxes, you got to pay like taxes. That's like half of it. But I was able to, at that time, pay off my house, pay off my student loans. We were able to become completely debt free um, in doing YouTube. And so that's where it's at. So now my channel is just more like a resource channel on different resources that's going out there. But I tell people all the time that what really just made me started content creating was just like, it was just my outlet. Uh -huh. It was just my outlet at 30. I needed something different. I knew I had seen my parents and people work all their lives and never pay off a home and never pay off student loans. And, and I was like, if I stay working at this job, my job, and I still work, but my job is not going to yield me this money. It's going to take me in my 40s or 50s or even 60s before I'm ever debt free. And so I, I needed to find some type of additional stream of income. And it just so happened to come in YouTube. Wow. 
mm-hmm. my producer is right here like what <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm not goodness I, 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 I believe you yes I'm not lying so from there um, that's when I started to see the business side of YouTube so that was just the money that I made from YouTube right so then you start thinking of sponsorships so you know I get sponsorships that pay then I created my own ebook on there where I teach people now how to make money on YouTube and build their brand and so on YouTube and how to use YouTube and so even if you don't make the type of money that I've made on YouTube, right? Even though you want to, but even if you don't, whatever you have, look at how many people have used YouTube as a stepping stone. Justin Bieber was mm-hmm. discovered on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Issa Rae discovered on YouTube. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yep. think of some of the people who have used it as a stepping stone. So I don't know how much money Justin Bieber made or if he ever made any money, but look at where it positioned him to it. Look at now Issa Rae has her own show, you know, that she was able to, a lot of people have used YouTube. Nobody may not would have ever heard of Chalet in Alabama. You know what I mean? But by me taking that step out to get out of my own state, now I have people in Australia, people in China, people in Cali, that know my name who I may not ever would have been able to read. Right. You know, I feel the same way about my podcast. Um, when I saw my end of 2020 numbers, cause I was a little, you know, you know, especially with podcasts, you, you can't really tell what's going on until it happens. And then I'm like, you know, it's like listenership went up 300% in Canada. I'm like, who the hell are these people? And then I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then it's telling me other countries that's listening. And it's like, whoa. And it's like, okay, it makes you want to keep doing it because it's like there are people out there listening to me that I will never meet will never know who they are but something about what I have to say makes them listen and so some there's something about that that just makes you you know it makes you feel good makes it feel like it's worthwhile and it, it especially if you already enjoy what you're doing it just makes you it just it makes it just a clicks in your mind that you made the right decision to do this. So I definitely understand what you're saying. Right. And and it's something to feel inside of me. Like, you know, um, I'm a religious person for those. It's not, that's okay. But there's still, and I feel like there was the Holy spirit inside of me telling me, keep going, keep going. So on those days that I wasn't getting the views that I wanted to do on the times that I took off a year, and then upload videos, there was still, I believe, that Holy Spirit coming back to me saying, you get back on there. You do this. You keep going. Why? Because, you know, I'm going to do something with it. You don't know right now. All I need you to do is keep doing your podcast. And, you know, like, that's that's what it is. Like, you, you have to keep going because you never know how it's going to be blessed. And I know um, I watch, like, T.S. Madison on YouTube mm-hmm. and um, what I watch her, like she has her own show coming out, I think on Oxygen on or Bravo. I'm not sure what it's on. It's on we TV. Mm-hmm. We TV. Yeah. Oh, we. She has her own show. And like she, they have done a numbers before where I think they said she has made maybe like $30,000 on YouTube, but she's been on YouTube five or seven years. And, you know, and she's only made 30, but look at where, look at how she stayed consistent, how she stayed doing these things. And now she has her own TV. So you never know what may come out. They may call you and say, hey, we want to put you on a 
syndicated, you know, right. radio show. We want you to, you never know. And it's not for you to know. It's your job to keep doing and keep walking into your purpose. That's what your job is. Right. However it gets blessed, that's none of your business. You just keep doing what you call to do. Right. I received that. I received that. Um, so I have one more question for you. So, you know, with, with content creating, you know, sometimes you really have to stay on top of the changing things of the world. Like, you know, you know, it seems like sometimes people's attention spans are like shorter than a damn net. And it's like, you have to, you know, (laughs) keep it fresh and keep different things going. What, like, what, how do you still try to stay, you know, stay be yourself but still know that you know you have to grow um your content with you know the changing times that we're in um so i think like you said in being yourself so of course like in me just me the type of person i am i like to stay abreast in what's going on in the news anyway so if i wasn't doing youtube i would still read usa today or cnn or watch what's going on in the news because that is authentic to who I am, right? And so it's easy for me to create those videos, but on times that even if it's not trending, if it's something that I believe in or something that resonates with me, I'm still going to put it out there because one thing about it is between, I call them the big three, which is YouTube and podcast, that's one, your website and your um and Instagram, those are like, you need to be on those big three, right? And so one thing about it is people might not catch on to it today, right? But you've seen where people have maybe, you may have posted a podcast that you did last summer, and now it finally picks up steam. So sometimes it's not about chasing the trends or staying, you know, or doing what everyone is doing. You do things that really resonate with you, and then they might not have it now. They'll catch on later. You keep creating the, like, you know, they'll catch on later. And if they never catch on, so be it. It was something that you felt that was worthy of doing a podcast or worthy of creating a video. And that's all that matters. Right. You still, you know, to thy own self be true. You still got to be true to yourself. Right. And it's great, you, you know. You know, it's so it's um, so, it's so I, interesting you said that because I was just talking to my producer before I spoke to you about how I have... Like, um, I, I, I got on Clubhouse um, about two months ago and, you know, I really wasn't expecting a lot from it. But then once I realized how how large of a networking opportunity, how big of a networking opportunity this was, I said, I have to jump on it. And it's so interesting now because I have, you know, I, my book came out four years ago in February. And just for me being on on um, Clubhouse for like the last two months, I've been on there since since it's been out. This month alone, I've sold like twenty six copies of my book, and um, my song is now back charting. My song came out four years ago too. So and and I've gained a lot a lot of new followers. I, I just in two months, I have like three. I got like three hundred and eighty more followers on Instagram. And like thousands of people are now watching my Instagram stories. And I'm like, okay, I have to really, you know, try to capitalize on this moment. And I've done that, you know, through Clubhouse. So it's just interesting how you say that because, you know, my book came out four years ago. You know, I kind of stopped talking about it. You know, time has gone on. And now it's 
now I'm having to talk about it again because I have a whole new group of followers who are just now getting to know me and want to know more about me. So I definitely like what you said with, you know, you have to be true to yourself and, you know, those who are going to follow you and, and want to be a part of that journey and know more about you, they are going to come. They may not all come at the same time or when you think they're going to come, but when they come, just be ready. Absolutely. And you couldn't have said it any better. So that's what I'm saying. Like on time, it's cool. Like, you know, like you said, Clubhouse right now is the new thing. You can get on Clubhouse and create a presence on Clubhouse. But if you get on Clubhouse and after you didn't try it, you know, a few and you're, you're like, you know what? Clubhouse is not my thing. Then that's OK. Uh-huh. It's not your thing. Maybe your thing is, you know, Instagram or maybe your thing is YouTube. Don't force the situation. But if it does work out for you, then roll with it. And like I said, when you wrote your book at that time, this, it felt good for you to put it out on pages, for you to tell your story, for you to do that. That's where you were at. And so as of right now, you know, now people are finally getting to meet who is Kadera. Oh, Kadera has this, you know, Kadera has this book. Oh, let me get it. There are now people going to always keep discovering you. They might be late to the party. Right. But um, when you do show up, I got some for you. Right. You can go ahead and get this book. <laughs> you can right. sign up for this podcast. Right. Be on Instagram. Right. You are right. You're absolutely right. I, d- I know I had, I thought I had, didn't have another question, but I do have one more. Um, I, I admire, I admire how much you have branded yourself. I truly do. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, you know, to other people out there who are listening, you know, about, you know, branding themselves and things like that. How important is it, you know, to, you know, to, 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 to brand yourself and to be, good and not just one thing you know I think that's the one thing we also have learned from this pandemic is that you know we definitely all need to try to have at least more than one more than one um, stream of income and you know I think branding is just so important and it's something that's going to stick with you forever so I just wanted to get your thoughts on that especially for those who are listening who are thinking about you know starting a business or doing other things and you know branding themselves So I would say my advice is for you to start, right? Don't worry about if it's going to look good. Don't compare yourself to the left or the right. Don't worry about where do I start? Just start. And in you starting, it's kind of like when you exercise, you know how you're like, I want to go to the gym and Mm -hmm. I want to do this walk. But then when you get to the gym and if you do get on that treadmill or you do go for that walk, it starts to feel good. Then, you, you, you know, like you forget that you even didn't want to go. And that's the same way with business. Like, you know, I told you initially I started out with thrifting clothes. It changed from thrifting clothes. Then it went to shopping. Then it changed from shopping to now we're talking about stimulus and resources. And as you evolve, your brand is going to evolve and everything is going to evolve. So most people get so caught up in the minor aspects of branding. Oh, my God, I need the perfect name. Oh my God, I need the perfect website. I got to have, these are my colors. I have to do all that. Girl, you're letting these little things bog you down. And you're really using these as excuses on not to start. Because last time I checked, when people go to your website, they could care less on what your colors are or what this looks like. They want to know, can I go there and buy Cordero's book? And does he send me his book? That's what they want to know. They want to know, can I easily check out? Can I do it? They don't care about their colors. They don't care about what your logo looks like. 
They don't care anything about that. They want to know whatever you have told me will work. Can I work? And so with branding yourself, as you start getting there in there and doing that, you're going to start to figure out what do I like? What do I not like? And as you start doing that, slowly but surely, you start that branding process. And then you start doing things that are, that are authentic or organic to you. You know, and so like, you know how you said that, oh, I'm happy that you didn't get rid of the clothes because, well, I didn't get rid of the clothes because I still like getting dressed. I still like looking good. I still like putting on heels. That's organic to who I am. So mm-hmm. why would I discard that? Right. You know, and then now when it comes to coaching beginners, you know, I want you to start. I want you to be great. Um, and so I would say that to start the, do I think you need to start? Absolutely. You need to start, but don't worry about what you don't have, what doesn't fit, what doesn't look right. Just start, do it anyway. And then in the process of doing, you will start to figure out, cause I assure you it's going to change anyway. And then when you finally hit that rhythm or that momentum, like I have, then you know, okay, who is Chalet? Okay, well, Chalet is, you know, a clothing enthusiast. Chalet is a content creator. Chalet is now an author. Chalet is, you know, a wife of, you know, and you start to figure that out along the way. I love that. But you don't know that at the beginning. And you're not supposed to, right? You don't know that at the beginning and you're not supposed to. Nobody tells you that. Instead, you're following people in their year six or they're year 11, and now you're comparing yourself to that. And that is, that is, that is selfish to you to even, or even arrogant of you to feel that your year one should be somebody's year 11. Think about it. If we were first graders, you would never expect a first grader to be producing what a, what a 11th grader producing. You wouldn't. That is true. So why do we put that on ourselves? Right. In creating a brand or creating a business or whatever, insert whatever you want to create. Why did you put that and compare yourself when you got to go through it, my love? Like, that's the point. You go through it and just start and you'll get better. This is your fix for me. You know? And that is on Gorilla Glue. Okay. I hope I heal somebody with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, that's on the <laughs> Shalay, thank you so much. But before you go, go ahead and okay. let us know where how we can reach you, where we can follow you, and how we can stay in contact with you. Well, it's your girl Shalay. No, I'm joking. Okay, so you guys can follow me on YouTube at Shalay Morgan. You can also follow me on all social media platforms, Instagram, Shalay Morgan, Clubhouse, Shalay Morgan. You can go to my website, the Body Brand Boutique on there.com. And that's where if you want to purchase my ebook and you want to get on YouTube and make this money on YouTube, go ahead and grab the ebook. Or if you would like to work with me one on one, you can schedule and book an appointment as well. But Cordero, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, friend, for really having me on your podcast or allowing me to share my story for you sharing your platform. I know that you're going to do great things. And I know this is not the end of it. Like I promise you, I have like goosebumps because I know you're going to propel into something you can't even imagine. I promise you, like, I know it. I know you're going to propel into something that you can't even imagine. And when I tell you, 
you won't even have to reach out or look for anyone to be on your podcast. People are, it's going to be, you need to be on his podcast. <laughs> like, you need to be on his podcast. I'm telling you, stay with it, stay doing what you are doing. I receive that, and I thank you for being you, for being an amazing woman, for being an amazing black woman. And that's why I wanted to salute you during Women's History Month, because you're just dope. You've always been dope since the moment I met you. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised uh, with how well you're doing right now. Not surprised at all. Um, so I definitely want to thank you. I want to say blessings to you and your family. I can't wait to see where your um, content creating goes. I can't wait to see where your book goes. I can't wait to I can't wait to wake up and see that you're on the View or on one of these shows talking about your book and how you have made YouTube work for you and how you make it work for others. Like I just I could just see that, and I'm just like so excited to um, to see that because I because I know it's coming. Oh, well, we're going to be at the top together. There's yes, room enough for both of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. But thank you, Shalay. And thank you all so much for listening and tuning in to Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Until next time. Bye, everyone. To follow me on social media, you can go to Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, it's Cordero underscore Santiago. Follow me on Instagram to just stay in touch with everything I'll talk about. I'll update you on um the upcoming episodes and things to look forward to i'm so excited that i have an email address now for you guys to send me requests for topics any questions you have regarding a topic that i've already discussed or if you just want to vent about something that's going on in your life that you want me to talk about on an episode i have an email address for you to do all of those things the email is darrow dares you at gmail.com so i'll spell that for you Darrow, D-A-R-O-D-A-R-E-S-U. Darrow Dares You at gmail.com. Send me an email.